following is a live broadcast of a Lone Star community radio program. Recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Connors FM 104.5, 106.1, and Facebook.com slash IRLoneStar. For more information on this show, please visit our show page at IRLoneStar.com slash shows. To sponsor or donate to this program, visit our donate page at IRLoneStar.com slash donate, or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com, or give us a call at 936-666-1084. Lone Star Community Radio production and broadcast is possible by folks like you. So sponsor and donate today. You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Here on Lone Star Community Radio is Dick and Skippy in the mornings. It's November 4th. <laughs> Hanging out in the studio. LSCR Studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. 9-12 again. We're broadcasting live on Facebook.com slash Dick and Skippy. And of course, worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. Hanging in the studio with my co-host, Sean. How you doing, man? <laughs> what the hell was that? It's for America. <laughs> I felt I should be doing some some jazzercise for the put on some leg warmers and a headband and do a montage of me getting into shape with this Come on, music. Man. You gotta get with it. You don't like Jackson Brown? I love Jackson Brown. You just gotta warn me when you pull something yeah. like this, dude. Well, I was thinking of this song or his other political songs, but they're more depressing. Yeah, this one at least has a good beat yeah. to it. Oh, so. thanks for the laugh, my friend. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, yeah, so today's show, we are going to be hanging out till 11 o'clock, so stay with us. And we want to say a special thanks to today's show sponsors. We have Clean Sweep Office Cleaning and C3 Creative Content Creations. All info on our sponsors can be found on the description part of our show, which we will be on YouTube and podcast later. But right now we're on Facebook.com, and then, of course, Lone Star Community Radio's broadcasts all over the place. So today's uh, the, day the day after, and we'll get into that. Uh, if you have any comments, questions, or anything, feel free to comment on our Facebook Live. 936-228-9368 is our call-in 24-7 line. And leave a message. Email us at dickandskippy at gmail.com. Cool. And today's special co-host is Jay Stilberg in the studio. Jay, how you doing? Great. How you guys doing? I'm doing pretty good. I got a... I got, like when y'all when I was here this morning, I was like, "Is it Wednesday?" <laughs> I kept forgetting, and the only way I know it's Wednesday is people start putting trash out. That's like my tell. Is <laughs> your go-to? Yeah, and I'm like, "Okay, good. We're I think we're continuing on today." <laughs> but uh, but yeah, 
We made Sloppy Joes last night. Did you now? Yeah. How are uh, they? My wife actually goes, hey, I got some, we're going to make Sloppy Joes. We never made those. And I was like, is this supposed to be like a pun <laughs> for the election? She goes, oh, yeah. That is kind of funny. But no, I just got I something quick and easy and, you know. Messy, but I haven't had, emotionally I haven't fulfilling. had Sloppy Joes, I, I want to say, in decades. So Yeah, it's not often that people, you know, grab the manwich can and yeah. the, the no, we, ground we, beef. We, we and, did it, you know. We we made it like we made our own. We we didn't do anything oh, from a can, like like the pilgrims did. Yeah, <laughs> when, we, when we, they yeah made we made the eighteen hundred sloppy joes. Gotcha. <laughs> well, uh, it is election day, guys. So I know everyone's well, kind of paying attention to day that. After. So or whatever. Well, some it, states, it's election well, month right now. <laughs> in some states, it's still election time, right? Yeah, this is uh, this is going to make two thousand. Turn that down for me. Oh, it's not me. Oh, it is. Somebody. No, that, that, somebody. that was, that was that me. that Jay? Oh, man. Breaking was, the rules. Could have been me. So. Uh, this is going to make 2000 look like... Uh, What's 2000? The year 2000? Yeah, the election kerfluffle, the Bush Gore, Florida, hanging Chad, Supreme Court thing. Yeah, I guess. And Well, no, this is why there was, I feel, such a battle over the Supreme Court. Because without Bader Ginsburg... Uh, R.I.P. It would have been a four-four split, and at that point, it goes back to the lower court. If if the if the Supreme Court does not decide to hear a no, case, no, no. or they're let's back it split. up, back it up for me, Sean. Yes. So wh- why would this go to the Supreme Court? It can if there's legal recourse. Like what? Like what's the issue here? Um, allegations of. Uh, uh, there was a a polling place, and this is just off the top of my head, where sharpies were given out instead of pens, and it's being demonstrated that sharpies can't be used. Sharpie on ink a, on a piece is not of paper. scanned, and these votes were valid, or that there mm. were polling places that were uh, opened an hour late, and people were waiting in line left because they had to get to work, or uh, poll watchers who were certified poll watchers were not allowed entry. So there. In and of themselves, not horrendous things, you know, on a galactic scale like jaywalking, but it can rack up. Yeah. And so you have a legal recourse for that. I want to sue this polling place or this this party, or whatever. Because oh, so this is gonna be just and the, typical it goes, Washington. It stuff. goes municipal, district, appeals, state supreme court, SCOTUS, I believe. Maybe I. Well, I just think it. I mean, I, I'll just say this: I, I don't think that's going to be the issue that would take it to the courts. Quite frankly, I think the types of issues that would take it to the courts is, for example, uh, mail-in ballots. So when you do a mail-in ballot, and typically most states kind of do them the same way: you fill out your ballot, you put it in what they call the secrecy folder or yeah. envelope, and then you have to put that envelope in the actual envelope yeah. and seal it and sign your name across, you know, the the tab or whatever. Um, but some people. Uh, unfortunately don't read the directions uh, and they may fill out their ballot but they don't put it inside the secrecy envelope so how is that handled and if everyone in a state because counties count votes right the state doesn't count votes counties count votes so if, if, if each county doesn't have the exact same process to handle how do you handle it if i open a mail-in ballot that's not in the secrecy envelope mm-hmm. do i contact that voter and 
ask a question or do I just say and that's how I'm 2000 not. happened this so, wasn't pushed through all the way how do we read this ballot so if they don't all do it consistently or the same way then that's something that could be contested okay that's what I think is what would more likely well there's create. any because right now the outstanding votes we see across the nine states that haven't been decided right now are really mail-in ballots they're absentee ballots so I, I don't think the discrepancy is going to come from same day election day voting I think it's going to come from which has always votes. been the concern, if I may, especially among the GOP, and it's odd that these battleground states that still haven't counted, when they stopped counting last night for the first time in, in universal history, they's like, you know what, we're done for the night. Let's lock <laughs> up and go home. And there aren't any cameras in there. And at 4 o'clock in the morning, they say, hey, look, we just found a box with 100,000 votes for Joe Biden in it, and he only needed 80,000 to get this. So there's questions. This is... And mail-in ballots, the, also with these particular estates, everyone else did mail-in ballots beforehand. And then, you know, so you it's almost like early voting. You have the results immediately, and then you look yeah. the day up. These ones are like, we're not going to count these yet. We're going to do election day voting and early, early voting. And if you were of a conspiracy mindset, you can go, well, now you know how many votes so-and-so needs, whether it be Biden, Trump, Jorgensen, or whomever. Oh, Donald needs 50,000 votes to get this state. Hey, here's 51,000 mail-in ballots right here. It's, it's an, again... Well, a, what's weird to me about this... I'm not saying that's the case, but that's... When you file a suit, that can be why, your claim. Why haven't we as a, a nation or country gotten this down? Because when I was reading that certain places that will continue counting votes for three days after the election... We did have it down. It got changed in this election cycle. And I, I was we like, we need mail in. We need drive through. We need. This well, no, I'm saying like the idea of your vote, you're being counted three days after the official election. I'm like, well, why couldn't like? To me, it's more of why even call this election day then? Why call it election week or something? Well, because I, a lot of people think, oh, it's going to be done on the third. Well, a lot of people think that, but yeah. it's never been that way. I mean, you can go back to the '70s and talk about elections that took several days for them to decipher the answer and. You know, it's not about uh, a vote was cast after election day. The vote, well, I meant more the, the vote, process. The vote was cast before. It's just a. De it's really dependent on how the state decides when they're going to start counting mail-in ballots, right? Yeah. So Texas is different, right? Because we see the results that came in last night throughout the mm -hmm. the course of the night. Because the way Texas handles absentee or mail-in ballots is they actually start counting them. They actually started counting them last Friday. So they start counting them before Election Day. Um, that's why, basically, when the polls close, within usually 30 minutes, mm -hmm. all the early voting gets plopped in there, right? Mm -hmm. Which is all the absentee ballots. It's all the early yeah. in-person mail-in. And that's why that happens. But every state sets their own process. for The federal government doesn't set the process for No, voting. I get that. I was just, it, to and me, they just don't do it consistently, yeah, right? So some states don't start counting mail-in ballots until the until, day of. Until right? the day of. Yeah. And if they have millions of ballots to count, plus you have states that will, including Texas, that allow your absentee ballot to arrive after Election Day. Yeah. Even Texas does that. I mean, your ballot can still arrive today as long as it's postmarked. Before, but there are some states that remove the postmark requirement, And it'll too. still be counted. So, um so there's many states that do that. So that's why the process takes. And, you know, if you see we see elections where it doesn't come into play because the, the way the states voted, 
somebody got to 270 already and it's mm-hmm. over. But they're still counting mail ballots for several days, even after an election like that. So mm-hmm. it's not like it doesn't happen every single election. It's just when you have close elections yeah. and it comes down yeah, to this were Reagan Mondale. These are the deciding factors. They have to count them, right? So. Yeah. The, the, I would well, prefer I think, to blow guess, out one way or the other in this one. I guess what I'm trying to say is it's when, someone, people would. when someone tells me it's election day, like being a child of the telephone age, the screen touch, like I want to know the results today. But everybody wants instant gratification. Yeah. So I'm like, right. well, why? Nick doesn't even like waiting a week for the Mandalorian. He wants to binge it right <laughs> then right. and there. That's some. I That's hate. Right. I hate that. <laughs> That's so like I've told you know I've, I've told so many people in the last I don't know twelve hours like take a breath. Well, I, well, I told my wife was like, oh, do you want to? Well, I was I was already disappointed yesterday. Alex Jones wasn't on the Joe Rogan deal. So after watching that for an hour, when I knew that wasn't going to happen, I turned it off and I was like, I don't care because we're never going to know until like a week or two from now. Mm-hmm. That's why I felt like you know when I learned about the three day afterwards, I'm like, oh, here we go. So I went to bed relatively early last night when I realized <laughs> things were just all over the map. Uh, woke up at about three thirty this morning. Because I ate the wrong thing at night, and you know, one of those sloppy uh, joes. I wish make it make it worth it. No, it was a quesadilla that I had a little too late. Oh, it was like a week old. I know I've been. There. Oh no, I, I can't eat it. <laughs> I'm so good, right? Yeah. Oh no, that's Mrs. Skippy. I've, if I'm within a week of an expiration date, I pour it out. Oh. But uh, I was up to about four thirty, and I'm just kind of, you know, when I was kind of doing the overnight catch up, and I think the president made a very ill-advised middle of the night speech. I liked uh, it. You know, it stirred up a little bit. Well, it this all it did was just stir up an already agitated situation. But it's kind of like, well, you, you know, all the votes have quote being cast. So what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Uh, and then well, went back to sleep. Woke I, up again this morning. Saw nothing really what, new is done. One thing though, I wanted to ask you guys. Like the thing I, I get disappointed with the current way the technology and and things work is you. Everyone's paying attention to these companies like Google or media or whatever and it's like this is resulted off somebody's opinion not the true count if that makes sense so everything like, until seven o'clock last night local time yeah everything well no five o'clock because there would be east coast uh, uh polling locations closing at seven o'clock their time was purely speculation and guess. There should just be media blackout for every pollster and pundit and everything. Well, this is could be this. If a head and you know, I love quoting uh, listener Brett on this. If a headline has the words could, should, might, whatever, <laughs> it's not a headline. It's an opinion piece. Yeah. And in, until that moment, and I think the the big loser of this uh, election is the polling industry. I they they got to be shown the door now. Twenty sixteen was not a fluke. That they are worse than weather people. Um, well, what I was trying to say is, you know, when you're watching that map get colorized and it's like, mm-hmm. like, for example, you look at Arizona and there's still over 15 percent left to get votes. But people have already called it for Joe Biden. Well, yeah. And even Fox News did that. And that raises an eyebrow. What's the rush to call a state so early? Any state. And I don't care because even CNN was walking it back. And that when Fox is a little more partisan left than cnn in this particular case that really makes my eyebrows go up what don't you think that could be potentially an issue for folks like they're trying to pay attention and then they see these things and that's what because you could say this election has some chance of sparking something you know say a protest or whatever but like you're looking and you see you think this is what it is at face value but realistically a lot of these states still are counting like the mail-in votes and stuff so it's like what gives these people the right to claim it and then it's not even 
or it a true thing. the rush to do it. Same thing with Virginia. Well, Virginia was called last mm-hmm. night for Biden, but the num- I mean, they would have the numbers saying that Trump was up like twenty five points for percentage, and so people are tripping out. It's all over Twitter, yeah. and it's because of algorithms that the trend would be that Biden would win Virginia because of write-in. But everyone's so eager to be the first to break it that it caused grief. Like, is there even a state that's 100% voted in? Like, everything's got it counted? I doubt it. Like, I'm looking Probably at... Probably Rhode Island. O- Oklahoma <laughs> I mean, is at 99 and that's really the only one I can find. That's Montana, like, probably. It, it's got to be a per capita thing. I mean, states with smaller populations. Yeah, yeah. Rhode Island and Montana are probably the two that are closest because Rhode Island, I could count them right here. Just, I mean, just give it about 14, 15, 16. Well, because what I, what I feel Wyoming. like with this kind of information and how it falls, it's like I feel like anyone can just make this up. Well, I you think know, it's like, do I really know the truth of what's going so on? So if you look at the major networks and you look at their election desks and who's in charge yeah. right, of their elect- <laughs> election process. Sorry. Um, you know, they do use algorithms. They use all, I mean, they use all these PhD type folks. Uh, but at the end of the day, what they look for before they'll call anything is typically that they have a 99.5 at least percent confidence that, that the, the, it's not going to change. Or mathematical probability is. Well, that's he, really what it all is. Yeah. Right. I mean, but I mean, if like, but we just said that, like the polls and stuff are wrong, and they use they use a mathematical way to determine that stuff, right? Well, you got to go to a certain. But typically, what they'll do is they'll look at the early vote because typically most states, as soon as their polls close, they release early voting results. Mm-hmm. Yeah, typically, and so and those don't really the networks have access to this, and the networks might even have access to this as soon as the polls close, unlike when they actually post or maybe it before they close. I doubt it. Um, Come on, man! So Not I, if Donna Brazil's on the case. So, so I think just they, believe. Man. So I think what they really do is they take those early voting numbers, which are already counted votes, and then they look at what vote is remaining, and then yeah. how that—that's what they use the algorithm on—is the remaining vote, and is—is is there enough? Per, you know, like what would somebody have to get of that vote to swing what the actual? And it goes beyond the state be. because it can get down. Remember, there are thirteen thousand some odd precincts in America, so it gets down to that precinct. You know, the algorithm that's. 99% Democrat households, so chances are that this precinct's going to – and that gets worked into it. It's not throwing darts on a dartboard, but it can't – mistakes can be made. And, well, another, again, with the media's rush to be the first to – let's call Arizona, let's call Virginia or something, I think, or just wait an hour. And I think we see that now because there's nine states that haven't been called, right? So Yeah, and there's the thing – you know, California counted their votes within like 35 minutes, and yet you have Nevada saying – uh, we're not going to have anything till Thursday morning at nine. It's li- it literally makes no sense. Well, that's what I was saying. Like, I think that's the disappointing thing from my perspective is we haven't gotten away where we where we understand like we get this a little bit better, if that makes sense. Because well, again, it's up to the states, yeah. to to define it, right? So. Jay, can we talk about like what would it take? Because I'm all for boots on the ground <laughs> updating <laughs> uh, the electoral process. Mm-hmm. You know, internet voting, something that, but this was not the time. I, now we have four years minus one day to get it right for for the next presidential cycle. Sure. How, at what level can you do it? You can't get 13,000 precincts to agree. You can't get 50 states to agree. Uh, what federal level can put the infrastructure in place to where I wouldn't mind uh, an internet vote or mail-in vote or something if I was confident in the system, and that was mm-hmm. my issue this time. There's just zero confidence in the sure. system. 
who's got the jurisdiction? A lot of this could just be our suppositions because we may not know the the laws and stuff. But yeah, well, I I don't know. I mean, I, I it's a good question and it's a fair question. And what is the right answer? I don't know. I I mean, I'm somebody who doesn't necessarily think the federal government should be dictating how the elections are handled yeah. in, in states. I think states should be allowed to do that, but. You know, much like public education, right? I, I, I don't think the federal government should necessarily be dictating how public education is executed. I think they should have building blocks and a, you know, a, uh, a framework of, of what should be done with public education. But then that framework being filled in should be left to the states, right? So mm. it, sets a, it sets a baseline. And, and I think they could necessarily do the same thing with, with voting uh, because, you know, I, I think that to register to vote, there should be a process that you can register to vote same day, register and vote the same day. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I think every state should do that. I think you should be able to register to vote and vote on the same day. There, you know, like Texas, you know, you have to register 30 days before and all this other That's stuff. That's weird. I would but agree, but, but there needs so many, to be. But uh, there's so many states that allow you to register same day and and vote the same day. That's so, think no. So we state. need some consistency, right? So I think that you should do that because it creates access. Well, I, dark. I think when it comes to just election day itself, I think that, you know, you can have, you know, voting precincts like we do, voting boxes in each precinct. But I still believe that even on election day, you should be able to go to any polling location and cast your vote in the county you live in. I don't think you should have to go to a specific And I don't place. disagree. I, right? I'm just, so, my concern would be the, vet, you know, sure, register the same day you vote, but the vetting process has to be. Well, of course. I mean, I don't disagree, but obviously there's states that do it. So there's a there's already a process in place that works. So why, and in it's some not levels, creating you know, a wheel. Because we have, well, we've had mail-in <laughs> voting Sean, here forever. Sean wants the DNA taken. <laughs> he wants everyone's thumbprint and all that kind of stuff in the database so we can prove hey i wear are. my bcg scar with pride so. because when the aliens come that means that i've been checked out and i can go to yeah i mean alpha centauri and, and quite honestly you know it's i always find it fascinating that we vote on tuesday and it's been that way obviously forever um but at the end of the day you know i also think that election day should should be a federal holiday quite frankly i think we should make it easier for people to have to go vote i know we have laws that say oh you're you know your place of business has to give you, and I know easier said I, than And done. I know every business is not necessarily closed on well, a holiday, but that's what. Well, that's one thing that gets me, and I, I, we must be completely different from other places here, especially like in Montgomery County. I, I felt we, I had multiple opportunities to vote. Like there really, sure. wa- there really wasn't like what, like what <laughs> Sean likes to say, voter suppression kind of tactics. And when people tell me like, oh, I didn't vote, I'm like, dude, you had like a month to vote. I feel like. Like you could, you could, like I don't really get that kind of complaint. But unless other cities and counties and do it completely different, but like here in Montgomery County, like I don't see how you can have an excuse not to vote. Is that is that make because there's like places you could call to pick you up. I mean, there's organizations that can help you. Like sure. it's it outside of you not leaving your home. Like that's it's up to you to get out of your home and go in somewhere if you're not doing the absentee ballot. Sure. So I don't really get that. And another thing that really bothers me about looking at the numbers is there's not that many people voting. Like, I was astonished. This time around, it's gone up, and I'm ecstatic about that. The the record, you you know, how many states was it where they surpassed early voting, surpassed the total vote vote count from last time? Real quick. uh, Well, like, oh, go ahead. Well, like, what I'm saying is I just searched this up. 29 million people live in Texas not all of them are eligible to vote, but looking at the voting, say half. So say half. Only ten million, about ten million people voted. Out of twenty nine million, that's pretty good. So, 
Well, and, and you know, I mean, I've said long, uh, long ago, and I still say it today, that, you know, we should strive for turnout in the 90 percents. You know, yeah. I mean, that's really what we should do. I mean, if you look at, you know, many European countries, when they hold <laughs> well, their elections. Move to North Korea and have 100 percent right? voting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, they have voting in the 90 percentiles, you know, um, places like Australia and, and whatever. And we should strive for that. Unfortunately, you know, we're a big country and uh, a lot of people just don't participate, quite frankly. Um, you know, they may even though they may be registered, they probably are registered because they got their driver's license and got registered. But it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to participate in yeah. the process. Right. So uh, it's a challenge to get people to, to to pay attention because some people just don't. They don't they don't you know, they live their life and, and they don't pay attention to politics. And well, it's almost you know, impossible they, today if you're in and have any sort of technology because that stuff is just thrown at you today. Yeah. Like if you have Facebook, you open Facebook. The first thing they tell you is go vote. <laughs> like it's and it's like they make it almost brainless to like find out where to go do that because mm-hmm. it's like they have a whole step. I tried it out. I was like, oh, let's see what's going on here. And it's really easy. And like it took you it took me like three minutes to know where I needed to go. Yeah, yeah. That and, that's a good use of the technology. But one thing I wanted to kind of shift. Let's talk about. Can, uh, I, can no, I do this real quick? No, it's uh, a listener. It's a listener. Well, we can get to them later. We're first. Oh, no, what's oh. a listener say? <laughs> um, Brett pointed out. He said, uh, uh, blah, 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 "Oops, he wrote something else." Same day. He 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 feels same day registration is an awful idea. Same day registration is basically begging power brokers to drive into the Home Depot parking lot and hire themselves a parcel of quote voters. But then he follows up with an election day national holiday and any precinct voting, as was done in Harris County this year, seems the best common sense fix. And then there's a third one. There was a time when Texas precincts were famous for not only 100% voter turnout, but most of the livestock in the county also voted. (laughs) (laughs) But so, again, no easy fixes, but it's like of the three uh, uh, postulations that were just made, he agrees with two of the three, which is the third one. And I think that's what needs to be done. We need to, blue ribbon committees need to be formed right now, today, for 2024 to say, how can we, you know, should COVID-21 hit? Should, uh, you know, pig flu hit? Should EMP get knocked out the eastern seaboard? The post office get them up to snuff, all these things. This needs to be worked on now, so 2024, we don't have a repeat. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, you know, the 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 challenge, again, is is getting agreement. But you, you see, you know, we talked about three things, and, and we can... Yeah, it's kind of my point. 67% is, is that You can say, well, that's stupid, good. but that one's not so stupid. <laughs> you know, and we all go for beers afterwards. And you can find, you know, you can find the common ground of, okay, what can we agree on and what makes sense and... Mm-hmm. and, and you know, try to get those changes implemented to to make well, the, the counting faster and make it. Well, more I feel like if you did the same day registration voting thing, that the results you'd find would be so much drawn out because you, there is probably a process to secure that person, make sure they're part of you know whatever. It isn't just like oh yeah, here you go, here you go, and we're done. Sure. I bet there's like a forty eight hour plus week like oh let's double check all these people because they registered the same sure. day, and we're not trying to draw out the the end result we're trying to get it the same day well i don't think it's getting drawn out again i think that you know i i think people's expectation that i need to know presidential you know at 7 p.m i I think people's expectation that on a on a especially in a presidential election on election day and a hotly contested one that you're you're gonna know all the answers by the end of the day when you go to bed i think it's just unreasonable yeah okay well that's the reality (laughs) we live in there it is 
Uh, well, again, if it was a blow, you know, Reagan won 49 states to one with Mondale. You knew that night. But they were still counting votes for a week. But exactly. That's the thing. Or think, <laughs> think about we had people like <clears throat> uh, Teresa Wagaman or someone who ran unopposed uh, uh, and were able or Phil Grant, I think, was the other one, had to wait until 7.01 last night to officially say, OK, now I can tell you I won. No one ran against me. But I won. Yeah, you know. So well, you gotta talk, wait till let's the talk about local counted. stuff. I know the the big election in Conroe was the mayor election because Mayor Powell uh, passed away, and it looks. <laughs> I'm like not laughing at that. I'm sorry. That's kind of a horrible time to take a little joke. Uh, <laughs> I'm very happy at, that the living person won. Well, yeah. Looking at it uh, now, one thing I didn't understand, and Jay and Sean can probably explain it to me: when you have runoffs, is that usually when there's more than two people running? Yeah, there's yeah. a difference between a runoff and a special election. Okay, well, I meant more of like, so if if, if Toby Powell's votes got into a certain percentage close to Jody's, would there be like a recount? Or is it kind of like, oh, if he won by one vote, he won by one vote? He won by one vote. Okay, I didn't know if there was some type of, you know. There'd be a recount to confirm that, but let's yeah. say after the recount, that is that one vote, yeah. then. Well, it looks like Jody's going to be mayor. He, oh, he is, yeah, okay, he, so he, he won. Not, Okay. Well, yeah, 100% of precincts. If you go to mctx.org slash election. That's where I am. And I don't, I don't want to, you know. In the top right, you see all the, there's a grid where they're all green. Those are the yeah. precincts that have, with 100% of precincts voting in. These are essentially the final numbers. Yeah, so he. Uh, and there's still maybe mail-in ballots that are counted. Right, but. Um, but there's Jay. Okay. But again, it's likely not to change. <laughs> those darn liberal mail-in ballots. That's that's why when you look at those results right now, they're unofficial results. Yeah. They're not official so results. So when, when, when can we tell listeners when the official results are in for local and everything else? Like uh, two weeks from now? Is that the safe bet? Like when can we like. Probably. Two weeks? All right. So we'll we'll be back in two weeks. And Now I'm wondering about the legality of a concession speech. Let's say it looked like Powell was going to win and Chikowsky, yeah. or, or the other way around, you, you know, Chikowsky is looking ahead um, and the estate of Mayor Powell gives a concession speech and then, oh, we found these mail-ins, it puts him over that one vote ahead. Did the concession legally knock you out of the race? I don't know. And maybe That's probably why Hillary me. didn't give one. <laughs> Stacey here. Right? Stacey Abrams. That was really weird. I remember hey. watching that. I was like, I feel like we're waiting for an encore. It's kind of like know, a, a you can't fire me. I quit. Kind of. I'm going on. I, that was, I, was, I was like, I wonder what's really going on. You think she's just like, it's not over yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay right here until two weeks from now. But I'd I, probably pull the same well, thing. One thing I will say about the Conroe election: Todd Yancey crushed it uh, for place one. He, mm-hmm. he beat Dwayne Ham, who was uh, currently, I think, in that position. So he got crushed. And I don't know who Todd Yancey is, so I feel like we need to get to know that guy because he clearly knew a lot more people in Conroe than the other two candidates. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but let me tell you right here, looking at the unofficial results, he, he got 14,000 uh, votes, and in third, second place, Brandon Polk got 3,000. So Dwayne got last with Yeah, you can pretty 000. much call that one because, you, again, mathematically, even if no, 10,000 mail-in ballots came in all for the other guy, it still couldn't beat him. So you can comfortably so he call crushed that. It. He crushed it. I have no idea who he is. That's, that's kind of scary right, Especially over Dwayne Ham, you know, love him, hate him, you know his name. Yeah. And a lot of people go for name recognition, yeah. especially in local races. So something, I mean. Well, I mean, you know, obviously I don't live in the city of Conroe, so I don't I don't, yeah, vote. No, yeah. I don't vote in these things, but... Uh, 
you know, Yancey, that's his Todd Yancey. Todd Yancey, yeah. I mean, he had a billboard right on 45 just before you get to 105, right? So That'll do it. One billboard. I mean, I don't doubt it. I, I, I'm not saying because, you know, I, billboards, people think sometimes billboards are funny. Uh, but, you know, we put one up for the veterans in the in the 2018 race, mm-hmm. you know, right? Down the street on Frazier. And after the election was over, when you went and looked at that precinct that that billboard was sitting in, it actually made a pretty big no, impact. I, believe, oh, I can tell precinct. you, I believe it. I worked at a previous company where the owner had a billboard. And I can guarantee you that. 90% of our clientele came from people saying, I saw your billboard. In fact, that's why I called to apply for that job. I called and said, hey, I saw your billboard. Yeah. And so don't underestimate the power of Gannett, but or Sinead or whoever. <laughs> well, yeah, then it uh, looks like Kurt Maddox is place two, and then Kelly Inman. Um, when it says unexpired term, because I know Jody left his position to run for mayor, does that mean this uh, this Kelly lady is going to take over for the year or two years, whatever's left on the, the seat? Is that what's basically going to happen? That's, uh, sorry, yes. say that again now. So for place five, that mm-hmm. was Jody Joukowsky's spot. And yeah. he goes, hey, I'm going to go do an audible and go over here mm-hmm. and try to run for mayor. So whatever the, t- the, the timeline is left on that seat, that's what she's going to take over. Right. Correct. And should yeah. Biden-Harris win, Kamala Harris is a sitting senator— They'll need to do the same thing to fill her spot, and that's what happened in um, Kentucky. For who? Uh, the oh, who, who are we talking about? The Senate seat that flipped last night because there was a Democrat who got in because. So we're talking about Arizona, and we're talking about Martha McSally. That's that, not the one I'm thinking of. There was one that, that flipped from red to blue. I'm uh, sorry, from blue to red. It was a Democrat was well. In, that was had, that was Doug Jones in Alabama. Alabama, thank you. That's what that was. There was uh, did he die or something? No, Someone no, no. Died? The senator. Oh God, I'm, I'm I knew the well, names last night. Well, this is a great night. conversation. No, what I'm um, saying is that there was a Republican senator who got called up to serve on the Trump administration somewhere. There was love a special. It when we draw blanks. Uh, I know, right? We're basically fake so news. So Jeff Sessions, we're making, Sessions, we're making, thank you. we're making up fake news no, right no, no, now. No, no. So Jeff Sessions, thank you, moved Jeff Sessions. to be the attorney general. Oh, yeah. His seat became vacant, and they had a special election to fill his seat. And that's when Doug Jones was running against—I don't remember the guy's name—but he was the An cr- idiot. he was the loony bin from Alabama that was running on the Republican side. So and a was Democrat, he the pedo guy? and so that is how Doug Jones won. He's that a Democrat seat won as Alabama a, as a Democrat in Alabama. So in this cycle, now that seat was up, right? Yeah. So that seat's up for its normal election cycle. And so Sessions actually got into the race to try to win his seat back and lost in the primary to Turboville, who is a former what football a, coach, right? I like it. And so, again, you know, it, it was pretty much expected that Doug yeah, Jones not was not, not going to win re-election because it's Alabama. The surprise would have been if Doug had – thank you for the name. I, again, last night I knew Sessions. I knew the whole thing. And we see, the same thing we see the same thing in Arizona where you have Martha McSally who ran for the Senate in 2018 and lost mm-hmm. to a Democrat in Arizona. And then uh, John McCain passed away, and the governor appointed her to that position – and then it was up for election this year to fill it, and it looks like she's going to lose that race, too. Mm-hmm. But she's kind of a wackadoodle, like, if I can use that term. I, I think like we it. can do I like I'm alleged wackadoodle. I mean, I watched the debate between Mark Kelly and her 
I mean, you know, my dad lives in Arizona now, so I mean, I watched that debate, and I could only watch. You know me, I'm pretty tolerable. Yeah, of you're Mr. Debate, and I could I could only watch it for about ten minutes because you know everything that came out of her mouth, it was it was not policy. It was just degrading Mark Kelly, and I just mm. was like, this is not a debate, and I couldn't even watch it. But well, so, look, Mr. Kelly, you may have been in space, but have you ever been to the moon? Were there any surprises? Because I don't really pay attention to the whole deal. Um, I, I think, think the surprises is that there's not the the landslide that. Well, I think, uh, I mean, to me... I'm at smaller races, not... Oh, oh. I, I don't know that there's been any huge surprises, to be honest with you. I mean, I mean, to me, some of the surprises, like in the Senate, the U.S. Senate, uh, I was actually surprised Susan Collins has as big of a lead as she does in Maine. Um, that, that was pretty surprising to me. I don't, they haven't declared her the winner yet, but she had a pretty substantial uh, lead. But they haven't called Maine yet either. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think... You know, all the other races, I wasn't surprised with Colorado. I wasn't surprised with Hickenlooper beating Garner. Gardner. I wasn't surprised. that So he beat the incumbent and flipped it blue. I wasn't surprised at that at all. Um, but, you know, I you know I look across the country and I look at a state like Arizona. You know, a, a state like Arizona, if you look six years ago, Arizona was red. Both senators were red. They voted presidentially red. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you look at likely what's going to happen, at least based on what we see right now, the potential is that that state's going to, go for Biden. Uh, it's pretty likely that Kelly's going to win that Senate seat and the other Senate seats already filled by Democrats. So that state's going to completely flip mm-hmm. in, in its presidential voting and its two U.S. senators. Um, I personally think a lot of it has to do with, you know, how our president kind of treated John McCain while he was alive. And even after his death, I think that does contribute quite a bit. I'll I'll grant that, but I'll also um, say I, I believe a big part of that, it's, it's no mystery that these states that are suddenly going red are, are California exodus route states as people are fleeing uh, in droves, California, Oregon, um, and they're hitting these states. And it's, it's just, and that's why, plus when you had the media saying, oh, Texas could be flipped, Texas could be flipped, Cornyn's in danger, Cornyn's in danger, the blue, blue. And all of a sudden, yesterday or late last night, I, for the first time I ever heard, oh, it was a blue mirage. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. I mean, I I know what it means, and I know what they're trying to do. But it's like this: a lot of so many of these landslides or close races are, are are manufactured. They're selling headlines. Well, if you look at, I mean, if you look at Texas, I mean, the needle continued to move in Texas, especially in the presidential election. I mean, if we look at 2016, uh, you know, Hillary lost by nine, right, single digits, first time that had happened in quite some time mm-hmm. uh, since the 70s, really. Um, and if we look at this so far, I mean, the, the margin is six. So the, the needle continues to move, um, you know. And as far as the Senate race in Texas, I mean, you know, it's, it's all about the candidate that's running and the enthusiasm that those candidates bring to, to a race, right? Uh, like, I think down ballot, I'll, even a U.S. Senate race in a presidential election is a down ballot race, right? Um, you know, even even the down, I think the down ballot race candidates that in, inspire enthusiasm actually do more for the top of the ticket on either side than than the top of the ticket does for down ballot races. OK, I, I, I think it's the enthusiasm candidates bring. If you look at Beto, I mean, Beto created a lot of enthusiasm in 2018 in that Senate race. And, and look at what the margin was, you know, two and a half points. 
uh, again, unheard of. You look at what the margin is in this. I think he probably would have won if he ran, if he didn't run for president and ran again. Well, I, I honestly, I wish he would have run. Yeah. You know, not for president. I wish he would have run in Texas. Yeah. In 2020, I think it would have created a lot more enthusiasm mm -hmm. uh, in Texas because if you look at the, you know, at least the split I saw the last time I looked at it, it was 10 points between Hagar and, and Cornyn, right? So, so that wasn't even. It's not even as close as the presidential race, right? So you can you can clearly see that people voted Biden Cornyn. Um, you know, in that because they weren't excited about the, the candidate where, mm. um, you know, so I think that plays a big role in, 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 you know, the excitement of voters to, to go out and do things state by state. Right. So um, and I think people get uh, motivated by that and it energizes people. And and, uh, you know, well, I, I, I what, think that was lacking a little bit in Texas. Well, I think that's cycle. what's important too going forward as a candidate is we talked about using social media and creating your own persona. Uh -huh. Like you're not part of a party. You're, you're, you have you, your name and then party second kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that's going forward. I think that's going to be extremely important, especially smaller elections, like size wise mm -hmm. is that's how you're going to motivate people. And that's why I was taught, made a comment about Todd Yancey. I was like, I don't mean, I mean, I, we usually have people call us and, you know, wanting to come on and I never heard of this guy. And he crushed it. So clearly, he connected to somebody in this in a city sure. election. And I think that's what going forward. If you're running for something, that's what you kind of have to build that reputation going forward. It isn't like oh, just because I'm Republican, I'm going to win the Senate now. Now it's like oh, I have to actually do my job and get my name out there. Like I think Dan Crenshaw is a good example because he got lucky with that Saturday Night Live thing. <laughs> so people like across the nation. Know who he Her, is. Know who he is. Yeah. Now he's the Popeye guy or whatever you want to call it. Uh, not Popeye. <laughs> the Cyclops guy. And... <laughs> but, no, I mean, like... I, but you know what I'm yeah, talking I about? Mean, like, I, people know who he is now, and he does his own thing. He's always on social media. But you also got to be aware of your audience because, you know, the nation may love Dan Crenshaw right now, but unless he's running for, you know, president... it. It only matters who in your district loves you. Uh, well, I'm talking about like Kim Clayson. But you use that motivation oh, when you do local stuff. You're like, oh, do you want to sure. go see the Cyclops? You're like, hell yeah, I want to go see the Cyclops. And like, he did that. Go. He did that video where he's, you know, James Bond cy yeah. cyborg. And it, it was, it was. I, it sounds like a video I would have done if I'd been honest. Hey, let's do something kind of silly with, <laughs> with you know, Michael Bay music. Uh, but like Kim Clayson is musician would be great. <laughs> uh, she was that African American gal running in Baltimore. And did that she, video? She that got, got probably crushed. Did she get crushed? Uh, well, she she came in second, so she did <laughs> she did lose. I'm not sure what the rate was, but she got millions of views. And I was all I, I you know with how she presented it, it was like good presentation. Well, it, but outside of the district of the voters, if you don't inspire them, the other 49 states don't matter. Well, I know that, but I'm saying using the social media platform, your message, you, you yourself gets well known. And then everyone kind of keeps tabs on you. like Kind of like AOC. Everyone keeps tabs on her because she gets reported on all the time. Yes. And I think in the at the end, it can only really help you because when people don't know names, but then your name is clearly recognizable. Never underestimate the power of the camera. Well, uh, like one quoted thing, by Sheila Jackson Lee many times. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, And I wonder, like for example, Stacey Abrams, I don't really know why she's as famous. Why do I know her? I don't even know if she ran for anything. She did. She we lost. Did. She just the I know, but like, I, she wasn't, was she in office prior to yes, that? Yes, she was the Speaker of the House in Georgia. Okay. 
Because I was like, <laughs> I had no idea, and I'm like, why do we care so much about this lady? Like, it's really weird. Because I can get AOC. Well, I can get AOC because she's elected and she's making noise. I get that because mm-hmm. it's kind of like what you want your elected official make some noise, do something. And but with this lady, I was like, why are why are people talking Same about concept. her being still making vice noise? president or something? I was like, well, it's because you know she was in the leadership and in, in the Georgia yeah. House. Uh, as a black woman, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, she then she decided to run for governor in a state that was is is pretty red, uh, and she almost won. Yeah, <laughs> um, she came very close to winning, uh, and then since then she's been very active in uh, getting people registered to vote uh, nationally. So she's just um, she's so, not so she's kept she's not elected anything. She's just kind of right doing now. It. She's not. No, well, I thought I thought she lost like about a hundred thousand votes. It was like sixty three to one hundred and sixty three. I don't 000? remember what the final tally was, but it was a close race for Georgia. It was cr- she was crushed. Okay, Jay, get with the lingo. Uh, but no, I it, it, something like going forward, looking at all these like people going out and doing this stuff. To me, that's really where I see the positive going forward is get your message out, keep working at it. Kind of like you were saying, she's we still doing to. stuff, so it's not like she disappeared. Like that's to right. me, Beto disappeared. Like, but he didn't. I, well, I mean, you know, I'm talking about like he's not. He didn't disappear from my phone. I keep getting texts from him. He didn't because he he was very active in Texas in again registering, getting people registered okay. to vote, and he's been he's stayed very prominent. Um, I didn't know, see him on any talk shows or anything. Especially like that. since after you know he dropped out of the presidential race, right? Like I I never wanted him to get in the presidential race. You know, we talked about that already, but yeah. Um, you know, I'm 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 actually curious to see what he's thinking for 2022. Oh. To be honest with you, but. well, that's what. Sorry, uh, by the way, the numbers that I was quoting that was Klasik's numbers. Yeah, Klasik got pasted. I don't know. Who that, that is. Kimberly <laughs> Klasik. That was the 63 to 163. I'm sorry. Yeah. That that was my bad. Yeah. I I was. Yeah, I, I told thought you were talking fake about. News. Uh, hey, at least I admit it. <laughs> uh, but Jay, it's do you mind cha- but it's a challenge. You know, you're, you're right. I mean, for me, it's all about trying to get my name out there and message with yeah. people. And well, can I, we talk about your race now? And, you sure. Uh, and I want people to, you know, ask me questions, right? Every I want, and I don't care what their political affiliation is. And, and that's, you know, unfortunately in today's political environment, you know, this country is so divided and, and it doesn't matter if you look at it on the local level or on the national level. It, it's just a true statement. Uh, and, and unfortunately in these races that are partisan, uh, you tend to get written off just because of the letter after your name. Yeah. Uh, and no one listens to what your side is because they just group you into what they think that that particular political party stands for, one side or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they don't listen to, they won't ask you a question because in their mind, they already know what they think your answer is going to be because of what letters after your name. Um, you know, in my experience, uh, I have found that, you know, when folks from, you know, the opposite side of the aisle to me, uh, come up to me at an event and, and talk to me and ask me questions about the issues that affect them, uh, more times than not, they actually walk away from me going, I'm voting for you. They don't walk away from me going, you're some crazy lunatic. Um, be, because, uh, you know, I, I, I look at the world, I don't look at the world through a political lens. I, I look at the world through a world lens, I guess is the best way to put it. And I, I don't look at my life through a lens where I only look at myself and the bubble I live in in my house and and, and the amount of money that's in my pocketbook. I don't look at that as the whole picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's about I'm a, <laughs> a rational person, and I understand yeah. things are, you know, well, things are doable. Some things are doable, and some things are irrational. And, and Well, let's, let's look at it like 
you're looking at it as like so in a, in a party sense, you know, thirty years ago, I always I I see that no one really went against the party, but in today's world, I feel like there's a lot more flexibility for an individual who happened to be registered RD can really be outspoken and say, I don't agree with my people, you know, with my, well, my I try party. to do that when I can. And because I mean, like, for example, like, I think that's what kind of Donald Trump represented in the Republican party. But then in the Democratic party, you have like AOC and Bernie Sanders kind of thing. Cause Bernie's not really a Democrat. He's not, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, not that he's not really a Democrat. He's not. A yeah. Democrat. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like it's, it's one <laughs> of those let's things. Let's get that clear. <laughs> I don't even know this guy. <laughs> well, no, I think it's one of those things where, you know, people who are being elected are being more, like you said, they're looking at it through a world lens instead of, oh, hey, what's the party going to do? And you can definitely tell people who are in our elected positions who definitely follow, you know, what the party needs to sure. do or whatever. And that's, to me, it's so funny because that's going to be dying out, I feel like, or it's going to be kind of. I hope so. And you, and you can just tell by the way they go on TV and stuff. You're like, come on, man. Like, you're t- like the way you talk to me doesn't even sound well, like you believe what you're saying. Well, this is, this is you know, that's the unfortunate thing about, you know, politics today is is you can tell. I mean, at least I can because I pay a lot of attention to politics. I mean, I can tell when I see interviews on TV by whoever it may be on whichever side of the aisle it may be. I can always tell somebody who's just towing the party line. And typically they're doing that because they want to get reelected. They're more yeah. worried about getting reelected than they are anything else. And, you know, that's something that I've I've been committed to and I've said publicly probably since I've started running for office um, is that, you know, my objective is 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 not to get if I get elected, my objective is not to get reelected. You know, my objective is to do what is right for the people I'm supposed Mm. to represent. And if you say that and if that's if that results in reelection, then so be it. Yeah. And if it doesn't, it doesn't, because I tell people I have a I have a career in the oil and gas industry and a job I love and and. You know, so for me, I have a passion for politics and public service. And so if I, you know, if someday I get fortunate enough to win one of these races that I get in, so be it. And I'll, I have that particular time period, whatever it is, to try to make a positive impact. Regardless if my party agrees with the yeah. type of stuff I do, um, I'm going to do what's right for the people I'm supposed to represent, which is everybody that lives in that district. It's not people that support me only or people that voted for me. It's everybody. And so, and if they like it, they'll, they'd reelect me. If they don't, they won't. I mean, to me, it's that simple. And, and I just don't think a lot of politicians, you know, look at look at it that way. I mean, they're, they're more worried about the power they have by being in elected office or, or whatever the case may be. Um, but that's just not that, that's just not what drives me to, to do it. Right. And, you know, because people ask me all the time, why do you put yourself in this position? Why do you put yourself in a position where a Democrat hasn't run in 30 years like the county judge race or 20 years in this race? And I, I say it's pretty simple. Because people deserve to have choices, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 our current elected officials deserve to be held accountable, and and that they can't just sit back and put their feet up on a table and and just wait for seven oh one to roll around and go okay now I can claim I won. Uh, they have to do something, and you know, it, it, and that's really important to me. And not only that, I mean, I look at every election that I've been in so far, you know, as far as from a personal standpoint, I look at it as a win. And the reason I do that is because it has, it has empowered, you know, just me making a decision. I mean, I was the first Democrat to make a decision to run in 2018. I was the first one to announce to put my name on the ballot in Montgomery County. And fortunately, and I, I might have been the only one. I didn't know at the time. And, you know, fortunately, we ended up with a huge slate of candidates in 2018. And, and that was great. But it empowered so many people that live here to, to, to have choices, to be able to have somebody to root for. 
yeah. uh, to, to make their presence known, to not be afraid to tell people who, you well, know, Jay, who they are. How many votes, do you mind me asking, did you garner this time? It was like tens upon tens of thousands. So overall, the last numbers I saw, they weren't 100% of the uh, precincts in, oh, the, in, the, it in the entire district, but it was about 127,000 votes. Yeah. You know, so it's about 30%. That is not insignificant. So, you know, it, it makes an impact. Right. And, and, and to me, that is important, you know, and I, and I look at the fact that if we talk about my race specifically, if I look at Jefferson County, I mean, I was, you know, 3000, I got 47, over 47% of the vote in Jefferson County. I was 3000 votes shy of winning Jefferson County, which is the second largest County that's in this district. Um, as far as where it spans, I mean, it goes, yeah, I'm looking at it right now, goes across Harris County, but it's a small percent of Harris County's vote. It's just a little sliver on the east side and a little bit on the north. So um, so to, to me, that's a win, you know, because that's 127,000 people that haven't had somebody to vote for in 20 years. Um, so to me, you know, that, that that's what drives me to do these things, is that it gives people a voice and it gives people some, uh, something to cheer for. Uh, and I, you know... I, I will say the thing that frustrates me the most in, in running for these offices is, you know, the second race in a row, and it, it's no surprise to me, but, you know, you get invitations from these nonpartisan organizations, uh, whatever they may be, they're clearly nonpartisan organizations, whether it's something like the League of Women Voters or an organization like NAMI or something of that nature that want to do a candidate forum. And, and your opponents don't show up. And NAMI is the National well, Association of Mental... Well, it would be interesting... Mental illness. Mental illness. Jay, is, especially like in your race, if you could, now that it's it's officially or it's over, you tally up, where do these people go? You know, because that's what's interesting to me is like, what, like your opponents, where did they show up? Because they had to show up somewhere, you know? They like, did. They held their own events. Well, that's I mean, what I'm saying. Like, they had, they were going somewhere, so it's either were. their own events sure. or whatever. And and that, that you're, now you're right about the the presentation part of running for office. Like a lot of people, especially where they don't feel like they need to do it, mm-hmm. they're not going to be motivated to go to these nonpartisan events. Like, and I think that's, that's, I think it's a two way street for those, those situations. Cause that nonpartisan event might not hold enough flack yeah. in their, in the candidate's or if perspective. I may, there's an old adage where you can, someone can think you're an idiot because you keep quiet or you can guarantee your idiocy by opening your mouth. The more yeah. situations you put yourself in where well, you put well, your foot and, in it. And sometimes it doesn't even, you know, unfortunately make a difference. And I, I'll be interested to see what the final results are in Georgia. But if you look at Ossoff and Purdue, uh, you know, they had a debate a few days back. Uh, and, and I will tell you right now, the incumbent Republican got destroyed in that debate. And and I watched crushed. That's a good time to use the word. Crushed. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, unfortunately, it, it's probably not going to make a difference in who wins. Well, right? I mean, well, because it's it, it's all about where as a candidate, where you can get people to, to vote me, for you. Because to me, so, to me right now, politics is, is not about candidates. It's about the letter after the name. Yeah. It, it's well, not think, about candidates. And especially all. here, a goal at the studio, what I would love to just get that reputation of. This is we have people paying attention, so you need to come to this because if you don't come, we're going to talk smack. Because a lot of people don't talk. <laughs> I would sm- kill or die for us to be able to hold a candidate forum. Well, I mean, and like, and we just make fun of the person who doesn't show up. I see no problem with that. And you know, yeah. you know, if that candidate gets upset, then deal with it. We'll like, have to check the the hatch act. Uh, got a listener question here. Uh, you, you can't talk smack about people. <laughs> it, it depends. 
Uh, you got an equal opportunity, <laughs> smack talk. Yes, that's right. Uh, Misty asked, uh, Jay, with your comment on Bernie, I'd like be interested to know your definition of the Democratic Party. And now, now Brett kind of responded to her that Bernie's a registered independent. Right. She may not know that, but I thought I threw that question your way. So yeah, so I mean, uh, that's a good question. That's a fair question. I mean, obviously, Bernie Sanders is a registered independent. He is not part of the Democratic Party. He doesn't claim to be. He never has. I mean, he did what he had to do to run on the Democratic ticket for president, and that's what he kind of does every cycle. Why um, isn't there a rule in the party? That basically says something like, if you're registered not a Democrat, then you can't well, run they on did, our ticket. Well, they, they did kind of change a little bit how they handled it yeah. this particular election cycle because they actually made him, I think, sign a piece of paper about being a Democrat and stuff. They, I mean, not that it changes anything. He sold his soul. <laughs> sure, I'm a. Uh, I run well, for president. Yeah, I'm a Democrat. Sure. Well, I think that I think that's one of the most confusing things of the past, you know, 10 years is yeah. that guy being involved and no one really knows. And no one, I mean, I don't, it, that would confuse me as a voter. And wow. when, and the only reason I say that is because you tell me he's a Democrat, but then a lot of Democrats say he's not a Democrat. And then you have other people like, no, he's an independent or, you know, and then it becomes a whole can of worms where it's like, no wow. one really knows this guy. He's basically a, a communist, socialist, you know, dictator. I'm, Pinko, I'm like, don't forget Pinko. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm like, okay, well, I guess that sucks for him because... Well, and I think, you know, and I've said this many times, and I'll, I'll answer her question specifically in a second, but I, I, to, to me, you know, I've said this long ago, and I, I again, it still exists today, is that the, the I'll call it the fringe ends of both parties, are, are what really hurt our politics in the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and quite frankly, Bernie's positions on a lot of things uh, kind of fit in with the fringe end of of the far left. And so, you know, it's not you know, it's not unheard of for people to associate him with it because, number one, they see him in the Democratic presidential races, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe not knowing that he's an independent elected uh, uh, senator from Vermont, <laughs> not a not a Democrat. Um, so that's where the association goes. And, and we also have to recognize that a majority of the general population in, in our country does not pay attention to politics like those of us that are involved in it so much. Uh, so they don't. They, you know, uh, what they may see on TV and they associate it that way. They don't like go do their own research. Um, so, so, so that's kind of where, you know, that falls in my opinion. But as far as, you know, to, to Misty's question about, you know, what is, who is the Democratic Party and what do they stand for? I mean, to me, you know, I, I look at it this way. You know, I hate being gr- lumped into a group and, and being defined by uh, somebody else's thoughts on who I am and what I stand for without them come talking to me personally. I mean, for me, as a veteran uh, that wore the uniform of this country for many years, and I love this country, uh, so being a Democrat certainly doesn't make me any less patriotic than anybody else. Um, but I think what the Democratic Party stands for, quite frankly, at least to me, what the Democratic Party stands for is, is, is we want, if I give it in just a broad sense, we want everyone to have a fair playing field uh, to have a chance to do whatever they want to do with their lives and, and not have a hindrance that, that's put in their, in, in, in their way, uh, whether it be their, their race, their color, their religion, uh, whatever it may be. You know, and, and we have to understand that in the society that we live in, you know, because I'm, I'm a capitalist. I believe in capitalism. Uh, but I also understand that you, you cannot have a capitalistic society without some regulation. Um, because if we truly lived in a capitalistic society with no regulation, uh, we would live in a terrible place. 
America would not be what it is today if we lived in a capitalistic society with no regulation. I think there would be a sky city. And and like the, only, the cloud city of Bespin from yeah, the, the Empire Strikes you know, Back. Yeah, the but only I, good people live okay. there but are I the also, rich people. I also understand that you know when it comes to regulations, we have to be smart about the regulations we put in place, and we have to make sure that we define entities the right way because there is clearly a difference uh, between a uh, small uh, a small business owner, uh, between a small family-owned business. Uh, and a large multinational corporation. There's clearly a distinction and a difference between those, and we need to make sure, when, it, especially when it comes to regulations and tax laws and all those types of things, uh, that we have the best definition we can have of those so that we have, in my opinion, fair taxation across the board so that people do pay their fair share um, you know, uh, of taxes. And we also have to, we understand we have to live in a society that not everything goes everyone's way in life and sometimes you have hardships in your life and and one thing that's great about america is that we have a system that's set up to help those people get through that time period now are there people that abuse systems like that whether it's welfare or you know food stamps or whatever of course there are you're never going to have a society with 330 million people where you don't have somebody that's a bad apple that's trying to abuse the system but in the in the broader flick it's not rampant i mean you know i don't know a single person that you know, I mean, I've been on unemployment before, and I wanted desperately to get off it, but I would have never survived if I couldn't have gotten mm -hmm. unemployment. I would have had to file bankruptcy. I'd have lost my house. I'd have been homeless. Uh, but I, there's a process here that helped me, and I worked, you know, quite frankly, my ass off, if I can say that. Uh, you can't. To, to, to get out of that and not rely on that and so that I could make my own money and build myself back up again. And so, so to me, I mean, that, that is what Democrats stand for. And, and do we get lumped into socialism, you know, you're socialist or, you know, whatever they want to call me. And, and I go, well, I'm not a socialist by your definition of the word socialism, I guess. I said, but if I look at the America as we live in it today, uh, let's look at all the socialistic characteristics we have in America. It's called the police department. It's called the fire department. It's called parks. It's called bridges. It's called roads, and it's called interstate highways. It's called hospitals. Uh, there, there's, so, you know, there's so many things in our society: social security, Medicare, Medicaid. Uh, you know, these are all things that back in the day, before those became law, you know, the same kind of conversations were being had, and the same fear mongering was being thrown out there about what it was going to do to our country. Uh, well. I'm here to tell you it's 2020 and the country is still here and it's still just fine. And but we have all long? those processes in place. So, so, you know, to me, it's all about, you know, I get sick of the fear mongering and the labeling uh, without somebody actually coming and talk to you because, you know, uh, I, I just don't understand how people can judge somebody uh, when you, when you don't physically ask them questions about the issues that impact you. Um, because, again, you know, I told you, when I have people that do that and, and people that have been lifelong Republicans and have never voted for a Democrat in their life, and they come talk to me and they ask me my opinion on things, and they're like, I really like what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> right? And, and so, so, you know, just because, you know, ask me my views, right? I mean, Democrats don't want to take all your guns away. I, I'm a gun owner. I'm a veteran. I have a license to carry in the state of Texas. I mean, I'm the last person that wants to take all your guns away. Uh, but do I think there's common sense gun violence prevention laws that we should adopt and put into place that a majority of the country agree with, including the majority of NRA members agree with? Yes, I think that if you purchase a firearm, you should have a thorough background check to make sure you can have one. 
you know, when it comes to assault type weapons, I think they should be controlled like automatic weapons are controlled in this country. Uh, that law has been in place since the 80s. And, and do we ever hear about a mass shooting that uses an automatic weapon? No, because there's a, a, a lengthy process to go through to get the federal firearms license. You need to own an automatic weapon. They're not illegal. You can own them. Um, but I, I think these are just common sense laws that, that absolutely make sense and would save lives. And, and when the majority of people agree with it, then I, I don't see an issue with that. You know, I mean, we don't want to kill all your babies. That's not the objective of anyone, in my opinion. We're not pro-abortion. Uh, but what we do agree with is that women should be able to make a choice in their life because abortion is not a black or white issue, as much as people want to argue with me on that. Every, every circumstance that deals with a woman who's pregnant and has to make a decision of what she's going to do, they are not all the same. They are not all black and white. How, how she became pregnant is not all black and white. You know, her life circumstances are not all black and white. You know, and there are laws in place that say up to a certain time, and that's it's legal up to a certain time, and then there's certain circumstances beyond that that it's allowed, and it's usually medical related. I mean, you know, so, and if we look at the data for the last 40 years in this country, and we look at the CDC data that exists, the abortion rate actually decreases significantly during dem Democratic administrations in the White House. And why is that? Because the policies that the Democratic Party uh, proposes our education, availability of uh, uh, condoms and birth control and, and uh, you know, educating on, you know, sex, sex education and, and, and this, you know, what comes along with if you decide to have sex. And we see, all you got to do is look at the data. It's very clear. And so, you know, I, I just don't understand sometimes these arguments and, you know, oh, you're for late-term abortions. No. We're not for late-term abortions, and those, by the way, those are very small, typically less than 1% of the total number of abortions that occur, but let's think about that for a second. First of all, the woman that has to make that devastating choice at that point in time, that family that has to make that choice, that those parents, that woman, she's probably already, they might have already picked a name. They've probably already put a nursery in their home. They were fully expecting to have that mm -hmm. child, and something happened that put them in this terrible position to have to make a decision. Now, I just don't understand why people can't, can't get that. I mean, because, you know, we, we know what's going to happen if, you know, abortion becomes illegal. It's not like they're going to stop. They certainly didn't stop in the 70s before Roe versus Wade. And more women died. And more babies died. And so if we really want to call ourselves pro-life and we really want to, you know, support people throughout their lives, you know, you can't stop supporting at birth which is what I see the argument being. Uh, you have to support that child. You know, and I'll tell you this quick story. It's, this is how I tell people my position as a Democrat. And it encompasses all these types of things. When a woman gets pregnant, if she decides to have that baby, I want that woman to be able to have the best prenatal health care that's available on the planet to make sure that she's healthy and that baby inside of her is healthy and not be hindered by her socioeconomic class or anything else. Once that baby's born, I again want her and that baby to have access to the best health care they can possibly have to make sure, again, the woman's healthy and that child is growing up healthy. Once that child gets to, to school age, I want that child to be able to go to a public school and get the best possible education that they can have a chance to do anything they want with their lives, regardless of their race, their color, their creed, their religion, or social economic background, or anything else. And then once they get through that school, if they decide to go to college 
or they decide to go to some vocational school, which I think we should promote more going to vocational school. You can make great livings with vocational type work as opposed to going and getting a college degree. But I don't want that child to be burdened with hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt to go to college and get a degree. We have to rein in the price. I'm not saying they should get it necessarily for free, but I'm saying that it should be a fair price. The price of higher education in this country is outrageous and out of control, and I think the states really need to rein it in. And then once that child gets through school and they get a job, I want that, I want that person to be able to get the best job they can possibly get, have the ability to work their self up the rank and get paid for the work they do equally, no matter if they're a male, a female, white, black, gay, straight, doesn't matter. That, to me, is exactly what Democrats stand for, a fair playing field where everybody has a chance and there's no roadblocks put in their way. That is my best definition of what I think a Democrat is and certainly who I am. Okay. Well spoken. I totally disagree I, with everything you just said. No, I'm <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's and that's okay. It's if you not disagree. A, that, the, that's kind of the point. You know, Jay speaks eloquently and in depth. And whether I agree, disagree, partially agree, think he's full of it, on board Team Jay all the way, doesn't matter. It's dialogue. It's discussion. Instead of just saying, I. It's going to sound weird. I'm sure Jay, throughout much of his adult life, has been called names galore <laughs> that I haven't. I've had the privilege not to really have. In England, I was the Yank, you know. I, but that was it. I uh, thought you were the guy, Gaijin. 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 <laughs> That's in Japan. I was. In, yeah. I was Gaijin. But I was. Uh, that was kind of generic because I was, you know, non-Asian in. England, I, in my school, I was the only American. I was the Yank. Um, over this last couple of years, I've enjoyed being on the receiving end of some colorful names, accusations. All true. <laughs> <laughs> All Pro true. Probably. That I agree with Jay that so many are t yelling at each other and not talking with. And so, you know, it's... Jay could be Democrats rock and Republicans suck, and you know that's the end of that conversation. Or Jay can say Democrats rock because of A, B, and C, and then Sean gets a chance to say, "Well, Republicans rock because you know we want this same thing but different route or something." And you know, as you were talking, comments are blowing up. You know, you're saying things some people agreed with, some people, not. Sure. but that's what the whole point is. That's right. You know, and I I, 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 I scan through them, too, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I totally, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm totally Leave fine, to us. obviously, with people having their, their own opinions on topics. There's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with, uh, again, having a disagreement on a policy issue or, or, or something of that nature. Uh, but my point is, is that we don't have to agree on everything. That's what makes America the place it is. We can't that's, agree on everything. That's, that's what makes it. You can't. I, I mean, I don't well, agree with my husband on 100% of the things. Well, I think that's, right? the big, so, that's the big disconnect, I feel, with you're politics. You're sleeping on the sofa tonight, by the way. Now with that <laughs> I'm one. sure I am. I think that's the big disconnect, though, with I'll politics is we're like, you and I, we can talk shop, you know, about it's almost like equivalent to like, you know, fantasy football. <laughs> but what that connection of our beliefs with the person we elected and then also what that elected person does when they come to do their job, I think there's a huge disconnect with that stuff. Because you don't really know what's going on. Like, I don't think I could fully comprehend what uh, Kevin Brady does. 
But people are like, oh, he's on the Ways and Means. It's like the most important thing ever. Well, not anymore. Well, but, you know what I mean. Well, and he's I'm still like, on the committee. He's just not yeah, the chair. Not well, the that's chair. what I'm saying. I'm like, well, what did he accomplish during that time? What did it, like? It, I don't really connect. It doesn't connect with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the unfortunate thing with the politics is when someone does something at an elected level, we don't get told what they did that directly affects us. It but might be like, oh, he voted. Wouldn't be incumbent on you to ask and find out? Well, yeah. You'd want to know, hey, okay, you're my congressman. What do you do? Or look up Wikipedia, duties of a congressman. <laughs> what is ways and yeah. means? Um, I think, it, I don't know if we have to take a break soon. Well, that's what I was saying. The disconnect happens where it's like, where, where can we get this information? Because the only thing we could really see is like, what, the way they voted. And that's where people can kind of develop their own opinions. It's like, you know, they voted for. But I feel or, so many people have been whipped into a frenzy on both sides that the other side is just evil. And wants, I, my Facebook is blowing up. You know, my ulcers are forming. Thank, con- thanks, <laughs> you know, to all you Christians out there. Thanks for sucking. And I'm like, guys, it's take a breath. Yeah. You, you know, well, I think that's what's so funny. Wind, about but we've been the, whipped into this frenzy. But like the results for the presidential election, to me, that's what's so funny is either way you look at it, something's going to happen because uh, Donald, and the world will well, continue. I know that Jay does not want to destroy the world, so that's. Where, <laughs> but that's the thing is, I, from my personal perspective, I've been accused, especially the last thirty six hours, just that I, I want. Old people to die. I want gays to go back to Gayville. I want blacks to go back to Africa or just get killed. And this, and it's like, no, I, I truly don't. And so, those who have been whipped into this frenzy that the other side just must be destroyed, or as Brett likes to say, orange man bad. I mean, that just seems to be uh, so many people on Facebook, and these are good friends of mine. That's all they can say is that they're literally saying, I can't sleep. I'm moving. I'm going to move to Germany where they know where fascism doesn't exist. And it's, yeah, I, I vote Republican. I didn't vote for Trump. I vote Republican. I vote some Democrats. I voted for Jay. I happily voted for Jay. I told my mom vote for Jay, and we, we talked about it. I can't believe you convinced your mother to do that. Isn't that cheating? No. Okay. I couldn't tell her in line. You know, I had to whisper to her, don't forget, J.S. <laughs> but um, because I know... Someone like Jay does not want to destroy the earth, or he's you know he's not a Bernie well, I, Sanders <laughs> make th- us communist guy. That's where the conversations happen. That's where people listening yeah. in. Well, my big concern, and like with the Joe Biden, uh, if he won, that my biggest concern was the the health issue. That's my primary concern. Is that we're, we're not voting for for Biden. We're voting for Kamala Harris within two years. I mean, and I know that's kind of a conspiracy theory, but what really no, it's not. What, what, what weirds me out about it though is like when you're running for election, there's a, so many moving parts, especially at that level. And I didn't fully understand the democratic process because I felt like anyone's better than Joe Biden in the sense of presentation, and then you know the, that kind of stuff. And I was like, now we're you're you chose a guy who. I mean, I don't really know how to put it without, you know, sounding like I'm making fun of him or something, but he just, it would not surprise me if they knew something was wrong, but they figured the vote, like the, you know, their their little research says, hey, he's got a better chance of winning, so we got to put him up there. And then, you know, a mm-hmm. year or two later, like you said, he gets, you know, asked to well, leave. Well, I or actually sit down have reverse engineered a timeline. Now, for, for something I need to hasten to think when I said Brett, I like to quote Brett saying, Orange Man Bat. Brett doesn't say. Trump is orange man bad. Brett quotes other people. He summarizes people 
anti-Trump as people saying orange man bad. So I, that came out sounding wrong. I want to make sure people realize that Brett does not say, quote, orange man bad. Yeah, because, again, this the thing that stinks about it is you don't really know. I have no confidence in the two candidates, really. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just not a lot of confidence behind, you know, what's going on. The only thing I could say that I will say about Trump in a positive light is he is a positive person. So he's always talking about being the best, you know, having the country be the best, you know, that kind of stuff. And I think that resonates with some people. And well, the debate, I think it encapsulates the debate when Trump said, we got to learn to live with COVID. And Biden's immediate response is, no, you got to learn to die with COVID. Now, right or wrong on either side, that showed a philosophy difference that, okay, this is, you know, the implication is for Team Trump, bad stuff happens. We got to overcome and adapt. And, and, and then on Team Biden, it was we got to hunker down, which is what we're told to do by a Republican county judge if a hurricane comes. So I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing, but that just showed a massive philosophy difference. And to, so I'm kind of backing yeah. up your thing about you have a forward, you have a businessman who's failed so many times, but still, you know, overcomes. It's like Somebody's, every time we're told, well, somehow, he's, somehow he still gets he's money. declared bankruptcy 13 times. Yeah, but he still financed his own presidential campaign. So he did something right business-wise. Uh, uh, so you have that on, on that end. As I said, I, I've kind of, I'm a big proponent of a Latin phrase, uh, post hoc ergo propter hoc, which means because of, uh, uh, it is because of what was, basically. And it's cause and effect. Where we are now is a direct result of what happened before and what happened before and what happened before. And that's where reverse engineering comes into it. And I actually, when I was up at 3.30 this morning and I was seeing all these, this frenzy of of people saying, my ulcers are ulcerating right now. I'm like, either it's not and you're just being a crybaby or it is. And that scares me that a presidential election can actually give you ulcers because, quote, orange man so bad. And so I started reverse engineering or vice versa. several years saying, okay, here's where we are now. How do we get here because of this? Well, because of that and so forth and so on. And in a brief history of like the last eight years, or, you know, four or five, six years, Hillary Clinton was to be coronated in 2008. And then Obama came from relatively out of nowhere. This fresh sophomore senator, right? He was a freshman. Freshman, now. one year in, and well, he wasn't one year in. But. Well, sorry, but a first term senator. So you're you're saying the Illuminati's involved? Absolutely. And there were there are always backroom deals. The RNC, the DNC, of course, there are backroom deals going on. And looking down the line, and you can have your cigarette smoking men or whatever, but it was determined. Obama would be a more viable candidate. Could be because of possible, not if not even crimes, but questions of it. With the probable, my sense, and of course these are all my opinions. The pro- probable uh, assurance to Hillary Clinton that okay, when these four are over, we'll back you up. And that's why she got Secretary of State hung in there. That's a consolation prize of all consolation prizes. Not Vice President. We'll give you Secretary of State when. 16 rolled around, Obama did not, President Obama did not stump for her to any 
effect, and I felt she felt she was left out in the cold. Trump was not supposed to win. Even Trump felt he was not supposed to win. Uh, was, it, was it Comey's book that said Trump had a meltdown on election night because he's like, oh, my God, I actually won. I wasn't supposed to win. I believe that. That's the first thing Comey said that I actually believe, that you can't be a Russian plant and have a meltdown that you've actually won. I think he got into it just to stir some trouble. We have some local people who like to get into races and do the same thing. And, you know, not mentioning any names, but if you know who I'm talking about, you know who I'm talking about. And and it's been demonstrated through the, the investigations that the whole Christopher Steele dossier was formed by the Clinton campaign to get scrutiny off the emails. Once that began, you had to run with it. And when you have an outsider who looks like he's suddenly going to win, saying, I'm going to get rid of, he didn't say draining the swamp is I'm going to get rid of Democrats. It's I'm getting rid of establishment. And so you have establishment Democrats and establishment Republicans going and establishment intelligence services that, you know, back in the day I loved um, getting together. It doesn't have to be a big conspiracy to say this guy could screw us all. We got to keep this going. And he wasn't at that point. He wasn't supposed to survive his first term. He was supposed to be indicted and impeached and booted out before this time rolled around. And when it didn't happen, and then with Kavanaugh, with then it had to be okay. The Supreme Court. We have to make sure the Supreme Court stays at at the minimum a four four split. And with Kavanaugh coming in, and then Ruth Bader Ginsburg. That's why the fight was so hard on the. Uh, I felt like the fight on, with uh, Bar- now. Here's the thing: because we're talking about Roe v. Wade, Roe v. Wade is way closer time-wise to the repeal of prohibition than it is from then to today. It's 50 years old. Uh, 72 is when Roe v. happened, so so uh, 72, four, 48 year, years old, and it was only less than 20 years after the repeal of of um, prohibition. The 20 First Amendment, it's not going. But it always, every time there's a Supreme Court, just ah Roe v. Wade, Roe v. Wade. It's not going anywhere. It's Roe v. Wade was decided by a six-three Republican-appointed Supreme Court, just like we have now, and it was passed seven-two with one conservative and one liberal dissenting. So people and the conservatives have had a majority in the Supreme Court for a vast majority of this time since then. It's not going anywhere, but that became the hot button topic because abortion's got to be the one to talk about. And we had a guy here running for judicial seat, local judicial seat, and his thing was Roe v. Wade. And I'm sitting here going, "This is not your purvey. <laughs> what the hey are you talking about?" But realizing this is how you get people rowdied up. Sure. And so that's where we are today, and because this is going to go to the Supreme Court, and it's that's so why both sides were wanted Barrett in or Barrett not in, and you have the Speaker of the House saying she's well, illegitimate. You can't, or this has been cheating. No laws were broken in this proper, you know, feel good hypocrisy. Yeah, absolutely issues. But to be told she's, uh, you know, the current Supreme Court justice is illegitimate or laws are broken. It's not the case. And that's where we are today. And I, I know it took a while to get here. But well, I was really what, thinking about this is a Occam's let's razor. Me, let's change this up real quick because I'm tired of talking about this. Okay. Um, How about the Mastros? Well, no. Uh, Astros. Well, don't, well they are. Gonna, a chance to respond, well, too. Respond to what? My diatribe. <laughs> I have no idea what you just said. But he does. 
Do you? Well, I, I'll just say this. Uh, to your comment... I want to get a rant in. Yeah, to, both got rants to, in. I want a rant. To, to your comment, uh, you know, there's some things that'll happen in this election, right? Somebody's yeah. going to win and somebody's going to lose. Uh, and as far as I'm concerned, I mean, I will still go about my daily life. No. I still love my job. I still love my family. I'll still be the Today. happy go lucky person, tomorrow, man. Uh, person that I am. Uh, you know, when it comes to the Supreme Court and, and everything that is being talked about in the Supreme Court, uh, with precedent that's in the Supreme Court, you know, my, people ask me how I feel about it and if I feel things are in jeopardy or whatever. I, I say, you know, I said, first of all, uh, the legislature needs to do their job because everything that people rely on in the Supreme Court is something that the legislature should pass a law about uh, and make it law. And then it's not a precedent in the Supreme Court. It's mm -hmm. just it's, it's a written law. Uh, that's number one. So, you know, when we talk about whether it's, you know, Roe v. Wade or whether we talk about marriage equality or or whatever conversation we want to have about the Supreme Court, you know, and, and we also get into this, you know, conversation about packing the Supreme Court. Uh, you know, uh, m my point is, uh, why are there nine justices on the Supreme Court? Why was that decision made when it was made? Uh, and, and why do we have nine justices? And has anything happened since then that would uh, realistically determine that maybe the right number isn't nine? I think that's a conversation that should be had uh, because there is a reason there's nine justices on the Supreme Court, the reason uh, at the time they made that decision. And things have changed since then. So if that was their reasoning behind it, then, you know, it's a legitimate conversation to have about how many justices should be on the Supreme Court. Um, I'm not saying it should, should or shouldn't happen, but I, I certainly will say the conversation should happen uh, in, in a legitimate way. And so, you know, I, I don't get myself all up in arms about the Supreme Court, quite frankly, because uh, one thing I know about the Supreme Court, at least uh, how I feel anyway, uh, that, the, that, that the chief justice on the Supreme Court is somebody who's an institutionalist. He believes in the ins institution of the Supreme Court. He believes uh, that they have to maintain their credibility as a Supreme Court. Uh, and, uh, you know, as much as, unfortunately, politics plays a role uh, in, in the judicial system in general, uh, certainly because of the way we elect judges at a local level, um, the bottom line is, is that, you know, you may swing one way or the other, Democrat, Republican, independent, whatever, but the law is the law. Now, you may interpret the law a little bit differently, and you have to defend the way you interpret the law uh, to, to make a decision. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm not convinced that everything's just going to go helter-skelter in the Supreme Court. I just don't see that happening. And, you know, and there's a, certainly a reason that uh, Donald Trump got elected in 2016. Uh, and and I, don't, I agree with you. I don't think he was looking to win. I don't think he wanted to win. Uh, I think he was in utter shock when he, when he actually won. Uh, and I honestly think he probably said, what the hell am I going to do now? Cause I really wasn't expecting to win. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, I understood, I mean, I, I mean, to me, it was clear how he could win because this entire country was fed up with the fact that Washington DC did not work, hasn't worked in years and that people are fed up with it. Mm -hmm. And he was a wrench in the machine. He was an outsider and a wrench in the machine and people wanted a wrench in the machine. And so they put a wrench in the machine. Now, some people, you know, thought maybe some of his behavior would change over the course of time actually being in the office. And, and I think, you know, over the last four years, we've seen that behavior really hasn't changed. And a lot of people got turned off by that. And so it was very clear this year that a lot of those people that voted for him uh, in 2016 did not vote for him this year. Um, but there's clearly people that didn't vote for him in 2016 that did vote for him this year. 
Um, you know, so we'll see what happens in these nine states as, as the next couple of days go by. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with waiting a few days to find out the answer. Yeah, as am I. No hair off my chest. Let's grab a six pack and popcorn and sit back and talk about it. So at at the end of the day, you know, I I just can't get myself uh, worked up about these things, right? Because I know for me, I know what I do. I I, I live my life. I, 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 I am the same person whether I'm running for an office or not running for an office. And, and I know I'll run for an office again. Uh, and, and to me, it's about, you know, I, I, I deal with things in my life that I can control. And certain things are outside of my control. And so I, I obviously have to deal with those. It's just like as a project manager, I have to deal with things. And like Dick with uh, the Mandalorian, sometimes you just got to wait a week. Sometimes. For the, for the next uh, now. So now you can go on your rant. Yeah, what, what was Dick's rant? What, what's your I rant? don't have a rant. <laughs> oh, yeah, what was your subject change? Well, I was going to ask, uh, you know, locally, it was interesting interviewing some of the city council candidates. And one of the big things they all kind of said, especially on their material and websites and stuff, is they don't. They either or support or not support term limits in the Conroe City Council. And it was really interesting because I was like, I didn't really think that was an issue. But then, like, it's almost like every posi- every person who's running for a position at City Conroe Council had to say yes or no to that. Like, it was, like, the number one question they all got asked because they put it on their website, like, oh, I support it, I don't support it. Now, when it comes to, like, local elections here— why do you see, and it's kind of like what Jay was talking about, where people want to throw a wrench, they want change, they want to see something happen. Why is that all of a sudden important to talk about locally here, like, say, in, in Conroe? Because it's kind of like, we're, is, do we really have some, what do you call them, like, there could lifers be, here that are well, running for election? Like, yeah, <laughs> and there could be some, if you're on the outside looking in, whichever party you're in, it could be, well, the only way I could, because once you're entrenched, it's, it's hard to not to get booted out. You got to do something really horrendous, uh, for the most part. So, for the outsider looking in, the only way in is for there to be term limits. And so, once you're in, um, you, you know, I, I would believe that some like AOC before she ran was all about term limits, term limits. But now that she's in, I bet she's the first one to say no term limits, no term. Li-. My personal take is we have term limits, and they're called election days. Yeah, that I don't know. I'm being very. Simplistic. Well, I would that. I would agree with you on that if we had an educated population about politics. And I would agree with you on that too. That that. Yeah, I don't think I don't agree with that at all. You can vote. You're American. No, I agree. I'm not worried about how. I, I agree. You can vote. My my point is is that when you say there is term limits, it's called you know people going and voting. Yeah. Uh, but when people don't do research and they don't even understand what you're doing in office, they just recognize your name and vote for you, but they have yeah. no idea what your record is. Th- that is where I see the and problem. And that's where I said it's simplistic because, <laughs> you know, I could respond with, well, it's an incumbent upon the non-incumbent or 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 the incumbent to educate. But what I do. Yeah, and, and <laughs> you do. Many don't. Many once especially those who are in like I'm in, it's going to take an act of God or Congress to get me out, so here you know here we go. I agree absolutely. I agree absolutely that education, political education, just uh, to me the silver bullet is education. Everything stems from that, yeah. and that's another conversation you and I you can definitely have. I guess. <laughs> well, no, Dick I, is always so excited about these. Well, no, like he wants tanks, unless there's tanks in the streets, he doesn't care. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing that the reason I brought that up is it's just so funny to me that in a local election, that was the one thing people really cared about. Like, it's, they felt the candidates felt that they needed to tell people about, 
It definitely uh, would not be the first thing that no, would be that, on my that mind. No, that is so well, hard to say. Like, I was like, where, that, where, where does this come from? It's like our RV Wade. That's like distract- Justice of the Peace. Yeah, that's like I distractionary was, politics yeah. right there. I, I don't. I was just kind of like, all right, I guess there's some. All right, let's not ask him about the real issues. How yeah. do you feel about term limits? Yeah, it was so strange. Let's not talk about the budget. Let's not talk about taxes. Oh, he, he likes term limits. Let's talk about term limits. Yeah, Jay's absolutely right, Nick. Well, that's what just kind of threw me. I was like, why is this important? Like, I wonder. Who's the one that brought this up? Over here. Turn so, uh, squirrel. But, yeah, but, you know, especially here in the county, it's growing so fast. And, you know, I know the Woodlands is facing something that's going to be an interesting road to go on about incorporation and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then I know a lot of, you know, there really wasn't that many surprises in per se, like Sheriff Henry Henderson, Henderson, won. Henderson, Rand Henderson, Hand- Rand. Yeah, he he won. I don't think that was like an upset. No, no, or a surprise. Law enforcement tends to when you have a a sheriff or constable yeah. or elected official in, for the most part, unless they really screw the pooch on something, there's no need to to replace. You know, unless yeah. they want to get uh, Joe Arpaio. <laughs> level stuff where, you know, you make a national name, well, then you're a national target for yeah. good well, or ill. And a prime example of that is, you know, I mean, obviously Rand and I would disagree on on certainly some policy issues. Uh, but if anybody remembers during the county judge race, I mean, I gave him a lot of props in the county judge race, and I gave it to him specifically because he was the only department in the county that actually developed a strategic plan for his department and actually executed it. And that was yeah. the, the right. mental health. He, uh, he was the only one. Depart- that did. No, task it's force. not anything. With it. It was, this is a, this was a, a general deal. This was a general strategic I, I'm plan sorry, I thought for he, the I, sheriff's I, department. Okay, I thought he did right. something particular. I mean, it, 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 he did. He wrote a they. Through consultants, he hired consultants, but they wrote a strategic plan of how they were going to deal with, you know, stream streamlining how they spend their budget and where the money goes, uh, and he actually and hiring new officers and getting new equipment and and he put it out there and and he exec- he was ex- he's executing it right and I gave him a lot of props for that I've, I've told him that to his face um, during the county judge race because Did you yelling at him no oh. because <laughs> you crush he, it? he was the only department in the county that did it mm-hmm. and he's still probably the only department in the county that yeah, did it there, there's some it's interesting the way right? living here for almost a decade it's like oh you're, you're i'm just now feeling i'm getting like the surface of how the county works and the people involved and the decisions that are made and because we had like for example we had the county treasurer on on monday and they were she's like in the middle of a, a software integration mm-hmm. and she's just like this is what's going on. Like, this is where I'm spending most of my time is updating this new software to do the treasury. Mm-hmm. And I was like, weren't you like elected like a, a long time ago? Like you're still. Doing- and that was on the, that was one of the running points. Yeah. I remember that the software upgrade, but I, I mean, it, it's funny. Darn Microsoft. <laughs> well, that's what, you know, when technology gets integrated with your job, that's where, you know, some people really get it. Some people really don't get it. Like, especially when it comes to sure. operating a computer. That's one thing I'm always like, I really am. It's so funny to me. I wish I could live the lifestyle that these two presidents do live or the candidates do because mm-hmm. I feel like they don't really do anything themselves. Like, the only thing I truly believe is Donald Trump tweets himself. But like, like. <laughs> Like a Joe Biden to me, I don't think he, I don't think he owns a computer. I bet he, I bet he has a BlackBerry like the from twenty years ago. I bet he like finally understood how to use that. Because when you listen to these, when you listen to these elected officials talk to like Facebook and stuff like that, I'm like, man, if only like somebody knew a little bit about this, could really get them 
in trouble, like these Facebook and you know it was like two weeks ago or a week ago they had their their deal about silencing voices and stuff. And all those people, all those senators or whoever they were, it was like you have no idea how this works, do you? <laughs> and and I think that's it's so disappointing when it comes to somebody who's going to be making the decision, especially about like internet security and all that kind of stuff, because the privacy stuff is going to be a big deal. And and I and I, I'm not saying like in a big scale where it's like oh we're gonna be we're gonna have overlords or something like that, but it's also like because it doesn't really impact us daily, but in the it, but in the long run it will, and and I mean I'm ready for Neuralink from um, what's his name the Tesla guy, where they put Elon put stuff Musk. yeah they put the thing in your brain and you're all all on the same was thing. that Elon or was that Bill Gates no that's Elon Elon oh, okay. has a thing called Neuralink I think it's called a company. Okay. He's starting small. He's trying to help people with like cystic fibrosis. Cystic fibrosis. Cystic fibrosis. Stuff like that. Stuff where the brain does stuff and you put this thing in your brain and it helps control it. And oh, that'd be good for. But uh, that's just the start. Before we know, we'll have fake arms and all that kind of stuff. And the arms will try to kill us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be good. You'd be like yeah. an Evil Dead when his home fists yeah, that's start beating him up. You just operation proto. You know, we turn to a society of three stooge sketches. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and and that that stuff is kind of interesting to me. But also going forward with you know who we're electing as president, do they really have a concept of what's going on with a lot of this stuff? Because one thing I will say, I've no one gets in trouble ever at a certain like you hit that level above it, you're never getting in trouble. And I, that really bothers me. I feel like we didn't haven't built a infrastructure as a country to enforce laws that get these people, you know, in trouble, and actually do it. Like, it, does that make sense to you, to you guys? What I'm saying? Re- repeat it. Use smaller words for me. <laughs> so, for like people who actually break the law, mm-hmm. they're not. I feel like they're not getting in they're, trouble. We, we've lost a lot of sense of cause and effect, or. Punishment fitting the crime. Yes. Um, there are some things that have gone down, I think, fueled by media and social media. Uh, the If you just want to take, I think, the most glaring example, the three-plus years of Steele dossier, which was just ubiquitous. It was everywhere. And when you found out how it got to be where it was, it shunted aside, but then you have a laptop. Now, the first question I had about the, this whole laptop situation, did the FBI dust it for fingerprints? It's basic forensics, and it would prove ownership beyond a shadow of a doubt, one way or the other. I think everyone would want to know that. Not a single journalist has asked that question. Has it been dusted for fingerprints? It's all the big coy guessing game. Is it his? It's not his. Well, I told you to. And you have NBC reporters saying, we, or yeah, PBS saying, we're not going to report on this because it's stupid. Or we have NBC reporters saying, we only report on what we can verify. So the last, these same people who were pushing the Steele dossier, if nothing else, just the Steele dossier, which is proven absolute fakery, forget where it came from and who paid for it. Just the fact that the, I'm talking about the document itself was a, all intents and purposes of forgery. But now all of a sudden, and Brian Stetler got so upset, are you saying that we didn't have ethics over the last three years? No. And you're, these newfound ethics with, oh, we, we can't touch uh, this Hunter Biden thing. And yes, I know Hunter Biden wasn't on the ballot, but the evidence indicates that he sold influence to his father, who was the sitting vice president. And there are questions to be asked, and they're not doing it. I want to know what again. Just answer that one question: Was it dusted for fingerprints? Well, Whose fingerprints are on that laptop? That's what's really interesting to me is how 
the going forward the media will handle the, the next president? Like, because if Joe Biden wins, what do you think? Fawning coverage returns. You think so? Oh, absolutely. On, on the main networks? I, I mean, the only thing I can think of is the way he presents himself in on, like, a broadcast. Everyone's going to be asking the questions. No, they won't. I think, I mean, because I, you can't ignore what it. Question, what questions I, are they going to ask? I can tell you. I mean, I can tell you what I think is going to happen. Please. I, I think it'll, I think the, nothing will happen in Washington. If Joe Biden gets elected, nothing will happen. Yeah, because everyone hates each other. Uh, people, they don't get along. Yeah, there's again a balance of power, right? Because the Democrats will retain the House, the the Republicans will retain the Senate, and, and then you'll have a different White House. Um, but nothing will happen. I think the news coverage will just flip flop, right? So then you'll start seeing all the bad stuff on Fox News, and you'll start seeing all the good stuff on NBC or or what. It'll just flip flop. Um, but nothing will change. In my opinion, I, I, I just don't think anything significant could happen, um, you know, and, and if, if Trump gets reelected, then again, I don't think anything changes. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's unfortunate I have to say that. Right. Because, you know, here I here I live in, in 2020 uh, at a time when, you know, I know just based on my my social media feed that people are anxious and they have anxiety and, 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 and all these types of things. And I sit back and go, gosh, I remember when the presidential election was, was just not that big of a deal. Yeah. It was like, oh, well, maybe my candidate will win or maybe they won't. Or it was, but it wasn't this life or death. We're all going to die moving to. But, but we live in this society Russia. now where people feel it's important to like fly the flag of our president on their house, which I think is just ridiculous. Uh, I, I found it hilarious because I was like, that makes me want to be a flag salesman every election. Well, sure. <laughs> I, you know, I said it yesterday. I was actually <laughs> over at the polls. I'm in the wrong business. And I was talking to a group of people and I was like, you know, I should have set I should have set up a Trump flag souvenir stand and sold them. I said I could have funded my campaign by selling <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Trump flags. <laughs> well, that's what well, like 2022, Jay. Well, that's what's 22. amazing to me is like the the capitalization of selling stuff. It's so funny people who buy that stuff buy it from Amazon. I'm like, you know, you could probably buy that from his campaign, and it's considered like a donation. Yeah, but no one buys that stuff from him. I was like, I I don't I don't see how that message wasn't dictated to people it's like hey if you really want to buy the make merit maga hat but buy it from wherever his website is i mean i again i just think it's silly that you know well, he created that, a, that people drive around with uh, the flag with the president's name on it i mean when when did you ever see this before well i mean he created it, it, that was the marketing you genius behind his stuff i'm just saying i i just think i personally think it's ridiculous i mean you know i i, I just i can't even fathom I dig it. it i can't I even it. fathom it well, I mean, it's kind of like you when nine eleven happened. Because, everyone felt like again, they needed to put flags on their cars. Because again, you know, we don't live in a country of red and blue states. We live in a country called the United States. Yeah. And you know, to me, it just sows more division when when you have this type of activity oh, that yeah. goes on. Well, I think right? I think that motivation will change if after Donald I mean, Trump disappears. I don't think the next Republican or next person is going to have that kind of mentality of like. You know, come to my rallies. Let's have yeah. a party. Get my flag. Buy my hat. Well, I, mean, I don't see. And the, and the reason I say it is because, like, you know, yesterday I was at the polls in the evening in, in, in the woodlands. And, you know, there was the Trump folks on one corner and their flags and stuff. And there was the Biden folks on the other. You're talking about the, the turning in. It was so it's great when I pulled County, there. It was like, yeah, these two tents. And, and they were, you know, we got the spirit. Yes, we of course, did. Last night you had tons of, you know, trucks going by with the, the Trump flags yeah. and all this stuff. And, you know, 
some guy decided to be real smart and take his Camaro or whatever he was and like do a burnout down the street. Yeah, the, I the, like it. The sheriff's department pulled him over real quick. Good. I'm sorry. Right I lot. hate idiots like I that. Mean, I was I a really total do. idiot. Um, but but at the end of the day, I mean, I I just don't get it, right? Because and here's why: I, I don't get it because what what has happened, like. Like me as a Democrat, you know, people say, oh, well, you don't support law enforcement. Well, that's ridiculous. Of course I support law enforcement. I was in the military for 15 years of my life. Why would you think I don't support law So you law like boots on the ground? I, I can't be, you know, it, uh, if you're a veteran, you have to be a Republican. You can't be a patriot <laughs> unless you're a Republican if you're a veteran. And oh, like, yeah. That's ridiculous. That reminds me absolutely of an episode of West Wing where the Rahm Emanuel character, Josh, is wailing on this Republican about something, and he finally is telling the Republican, but you're gay! How can you be a Republican? And, and it was a great episode because the, the, you know, the, the, the character was saying, because I believe in certain things, sure. and my hope is that one day the Republicans just won't care that much. Well, I mean, I, I have a lot of gay friends that are Republicans, mm -hmm. and, and, and why are they? Because, you know, they're dual income and no kids. Uh, most of the, most of the you know, gay folks I know are significantly well-off money-wise. <laughs> Um, so it's not surprising to me, right? Because, you know, uh, for whatever reasons, you know, I mean, I, I personally, I don't understand how, um, you know, I, I could not support a party that absolutely doesn't support who I am and my, because I was born this way. It's not like I chose to be gay. I fought it for 27 years of my life until I finally accepted myself. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I, that's part of the reason I can't do it, you know. But I have friends that do, and that's their choice, right? And and so they can have the choice they want to have. I don't I don't care about that. They're not my friends because they're an R or a D. Uh, they're they're my friends because they have character and 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 they treat people with respect. Uh, so you know that's how I choose my friends. And I so I just don't get it because to me it just sows more division in our country. Uh, you know, when when you have all these silly flags waving around that that, that don't do anything, um, you know, and it just creates more name calling and and and, and those types of things. So so I just I, I'm looking forward to the day where those disappear. Well, we had two instances of opponents actually doing videos together saying, listen, you know, we don't agree, but you got to vote and this and that. And I was impressed with both of those. One was an actually slickly done produced video. The other was kind of, hey. Listen, we're both here at the polling place. Come on. Yeah. And hopefully that's the turning point. Well, we got to close out today's show. Man, we're it's, just getting uh, started. Keep five. the conversation going <laughs> online, too. Yeah. Uh, I will let listeners know if you're interested in about Montgomery's Wine and Music Festival that's going on this weekend, uh, they're going to be having one of the reps on at noon o'clock today on Toast of the Town. And uh, so if you're interested in that local event, stay tuned here on Lone Star Community Radio. Jay, it's good to see you. Yeah, you too. And uh, Sean, it was all right. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind better. of a pity thing. You yeah. Know? Now I got to go catch a plane. So where are you off to? Oklahoma. Hey, you know why Oklahoma license plates say Oklahoma is okay? Because they don't know how to spell mediocre there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'll be well, playing uh, all night, and we'll, I'll be sleeping on the sofa too tonight. We now. will be having <laughs> a show on Friday, and I guess keep a keep a pulse. Maybe we'll on have some on. some new, you know, updates. <laughs> no. I think they're just going to stop counting. They're like, oh, we're just, it's just a, I mean, they're, gonna uh, they're just uh, going to give up. I'm telling you, it's like really quick. First time I played cricket in England. Well, we got to go. We this is a horrible to take story. Tea. I'm sorry. You started with cricket. I'm like, oh, who cares? Well, no, we took a tea break. It's like, we're doing this here. Oh, we're counting the balance. Ah, no, time for tea. Let's, <laughs> we'll just pack it up. Anyhow, see you Wednesday. See you guys.
Today's show was recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and all rights and ownership are reserved to Lone Star Community Radio. For more information regarding this program and Lone Star Community Radio, visit us online at IRLoneStar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station, serving the community with local programming on TV, radio, and online. If you enjoyed today's program, please support us by sponsorship or starting your own show. Contact us today by phone or text at 936-666-1084 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com. You are listening to Lone Star.